The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Little House on the Prairie star Melissa Gilbert is one of our Crow Call pioneers. She's here today to dish all the details of her new Prairie-inspired cookbook, Plus, fitness guru Lorianne Marchese will tell us how to make the most of our workouts. And two-time Emmy winner Martha Byrne will preview her new digital series, Wait. That's coming up today on the premiere of Kroll Call. Well, that song sounds like a party, and we are having a party today because we are celebrating the premiere, the very first episode of Crow Call. Welcome to what I think is going to be a really great show. It's a new twist on something that I've been doing for five years. Every week, we're going to connect you to your favorite stars from television, film, music, sports, and other areas, and we're also going to have experts who will share tips and advice on a range of topics from parenting to dating from food to fitness, which we're going to talk about in just a couple of moments, from fashions to savings. It's a whole lot of different topics. There are going to be also opportunities for you to be part of the show. Some weeks it'll be a chance to call in and talk to your favorite stars, and other weeks it may be the chance for you to have one of our experts help you, a makeover, tips for a better workout, advice for dating, or how to handle those sometimes awkward situations at holiday meals where you don't really like your relatives. It's a whole lot of things that we're going to be talking about. And because I love to do this, there will also be contests and giveaways. Just like today, we're going to be giving away a $500 Amazon gift card sometime during this hour. You are just going to have to listen in to find out when to call in and when. It is something new each and every week, but something that will not be new is me. I'll be your host each and every week. My name is Dan Kroll. You may remember me from such films as... Okay, so maybe I haven't really been in any films. It was sort of a nod to The Simpsons, but let me tell you a little bit about myself for real. For the past 20 years, I have been the owner of the SoapCentral.com website. It's the Internet's most visited soap opera website. I've been doing red carpet interviews since 1999. I've hosted live events and panel discussions. Now, none of that is going to change, but sometimes a change will do you good, and I wanted to put some of the things that I've learned to the test over the past 20 years and actually use them I know that we all have different areas of interest and different things that we're passionate about. So some episodes of Crow Call will mean more to you than others. We are going to talk about so many different things, but if you have an idea for a show or a topic or you want to suggest a star that we should interview, please visit our website at crowcall.com or send us a message on Twitter at Crow Call Show. I'll do my best to make sure that we get all of those over the next many weeks here on Crow Call, but... We have to start the first show somewhere, so I'm going to bring on my first guest, who's an expert in women's fitness, and I can comfortably say she's an expert because she has taken the title in a number of fitness competitions. She's a fitness cover model. She's a star of the Bravo series Game of Crowns, and she's the owner of Body Construct. It's a series of workout videos that are tailored to what women really need from their workouts. Lorianne Marchese, welcome to Crow Call. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's first guest, first show. No pressure, Lorianne. No pressure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for the folks who are listening, you know, I said that you are definitely an expert. Let me rattle off some of these titles that you've won because you're the real deal. Miss Bikini Fitness America New York, Miss Bikini New England, Miss Model Fitness America New York, Miss Bikini Fitness Atlantic, WBFF Pro, Miss Summer Nationals. It's a lot of titles. I guess the question becomes, when did you become interested in fitness? Um, well, I actually started when I was, like, 16. Well, you know, like, everybody in high school is, like, you know, they're, they're, they're either doing, like, um, baseball or football or, or, like, cheerleading. I was actually interested in going to work out. And uh, so after school, like, I, like my, you know, my main thing was to go to the gym and work out because I just felt that, it, I don't know, like, working out just made me feel good. Um, 
I just really, really loved it. I started at 16, and um, I was starting to feel, you know, really, really great. And then I thought about doing a fitness competition, and, like, two years later, I think I was about 18. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah, like, I would say probably, like, around that age. I did my first competition, which is Miss Bikini New England, and then I ended up winning. So, you know, it was really, really exciting for me. You know, I started very young, but I felt like, you know, fitness was just always in me. Like, I just loved it so much, and I started early. Um, then I just couldn't stop, like, stepping on stage. I just loved it so much that I just kept going and going and going, and I was doing so well at it. Uh, I was winning, and, you know, it was just great. And then I was doing fitness magazine covers, and then I actually started to train women, and that's where my body construct, you know, started. Um, I started body construct around, I want to say, maybe like 25 or 26, and it's just been a really, really nice. It, you know, I, I train about over 100 women every week. I came out with my own shakes, which taste absolutely incredible, like chocolate cake batter and birthday cake batter. It's pretty awesome. And, you know, fitness well, is Well, let me ask up. you, the thing that, you know, I'm going to be honest, to me, the idea of eating a cupcake sounds uh, at times much more enticing than anything else. What do you say to people, particularly the women who are your clients, what do you say to get them motivated to want to work out? Well, nobody really likes to work out. And, you know, I always tell them that working out, it, it is very difficult, you know, but at the end of the day, when you leave my gym, you feel so good about yourself. And what's more important is how you feel. I mean, how awesome is it to go shopping and put on those jeans and they slip right on? You know what I mean? It feels so great. So like those three hours of work that you do every week is really worth it. Not only because of the way you feel, but the way you look and also long term. You know, it's so important to eat healthy because it makes you feel good and, and also it makes you live longer and you also look younger. There's so many good things that come out of, you know, working out that, you know, I just tell them at the end of the day, it's so worth it, and it's worth it for them. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so incredible. And, but, you know, with with me and, you know, when the girls come in, you know, I'm very, like, motivating. I'm yelling and screaming, but, like, you know what I mean? To, like, get them to go harder and to push themselves. And I really feel that, you know, very important to have that teamwork, well, what do you say to women, and there certainly are men who feel this way too, but maybe they don't want to go to the gym to do the workouts, but at the same time, they also don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on all sorts of equipment to put into their home. Is there an alternate to that? Is there a way that people can still do the workouts that they want in their home without spending a fortune? Of course. I mean, I like sometimes take my clients outside, you know, and we do like boot camp workouts outside with no equipment whatsoever. Um, you can easily, you know, squat, jumping jacks, running, sprinting, high knees. You know, that's all great, you know, where you're working out your whole entire body. Burpees, which I know a lot of people cringe when I say that. That's a total body workout, like, right there. And, you know what I mean? So, you know, just find a spot somewhere. Um, grab a friend. I think that's, like, so important. You know, because, you know, having a friend do it with you is so much better than just doing it by yourself. And, um, you know, you can just do, you know, you can just have an awesome workout without no equipment and it costs you nothing. Well, let's talk a little bit about the fact, I mentioned that you're an expert in women's fitness. Aside from the fact that you are a woman, you make specific note of saying that you've learned that a lot of the exercises that people are doing were designed by men and they just don't quite hit the right targets for women. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, actually, when I first started, when I was like 16 and I wanted to, you know, step on stage, I, you know, didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. So I actually trained with a guy and it was so frustrating for me. So frustrating because here I am, you know, he was training me like a guy you know, women need to work out their abs, and we kind of work out our glutes. And, and 
in our legs too. And when I was working out with the guy, I just felt like he wasn't really targeting my glutes or my legs. I mean, how many women out there right now, like, struggle with that? Or they really want to look good in those jeans. And I felt like working out with a guy trainer who just didn't understand that. All he wanted to, to, to do is, like, biceps and triceps and chest. I'm like, not a guy. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, he was eating, you know, he, he was having me eat, like, chicken and broccoli and spinach and chicken and broccoli and spinach. And I'm like, you know, us women, like, we need fruit in our diet. Like, you know, we have certain things that go on every month that, you know, really take over. And it's very important that, you know, we have some sort of sugar in our body. And I remember this one time, like, when when I trained with him, I stepped on stage. Like, I remember I was, like, losing my eyesight. Um, I couldn't even, like, see anymore. I was dizzy. I was very gaunt in the face. Like, that's not healthy. You know, maybe, you you know, like men can train that way, but a woman can't train that way. Like, we need to really, you know, target our glutes, our legs, and we have to have our fruits and our vegetables, and we have to have carbs, like good carbs. We can't just not eat carbs. You know, we're, we're, we're women, and many of us, you know, you know, we, we carry babies, and we really, you know, need that type of nutrients in, in our body. And I felt like, you know, training with a guy, like, he just didn't understand that, and I just... You know, I wasn't all about just training arms and chest all, like all week. So, well, you know, let's start somewhere simple for a lot of people who are listening. Maybe they're at their desk at work or they're uh, tooling about doing some things in their home. What is something that everyone listening now can do to make the most of, you know, get that workout started without, you know, having if they don't have the time to set aside to do a full fledged workout? What's something we can do now at our desk to, to get moving and get started? Well, you know, when, when you do have a job that you are sitting down at, at, at your desk, you know, you're, you're not burning, obviously, as much. So, you know, it's very important that, you know, during, like, your lunch hour, I would say, you know, go take a walk. I would say, have your lunch, you know, make it short, and for, like, the next 20 minutes, I would keep yourself active. Go for a walk, go, go for a quick jog, you know, add a couple squats in there because squats do burn a lot of um, calories. And also I think the most important thing is that I feel that people who have a job like that also tend to eat more because, you know, you're at your desk, you're having your coffee, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly eating bad stuff, you know, you know, that, that they have at work, you know, like most of the time, you know, I, I, I see people having sweets and stuff like that. You have to stay away from that type of stuff. So you really need to be able to, you know, set some time aside at night and make, make your lunch and make your snacks. So I would say, you know, eat fruit, eat very healthy, you know, you know, and, and for lunch have a salad or, you know, with, with, with some shrimp or, um, you know, or stuff like that. But definitely for your lunch hour, I would definitely say keep active if, if you're sitting down all day because, you know, you just sitting down all day is just not going to help you burn calories you have to do something and i would definitely use that time we are almost out of time for this segment Lorianne. but how can people find you where they can they learn more information about all the things that we've talked about definitely go to bodyconstructfit.com um, you will learn a ton of stuff on there and you can also check out my shakes that taste incredible like chocolate cake batter and birthday cake batter and more and uh, if there's any more questions you know shoot, shoot, shoot me an email and i'll be there to answer it we are going to have those of you out there who are interested, we will try to maybe hook you up with Lori Ann and we can follow your progress here on Kroll Call. It'll be a lot of fun to sort of all do this together. Lori Ann, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to be part of our first show. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to be back with Martha Byrne after this break. Stay tuned because Kroll Call will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Hey Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. 
If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. My ex-guest is a two-time Emmy winner for her work on As the World Turns. She's written for The Bold and the Beautiful. In 2011, she was nominated for a special class daytime Emmy for her digital series, Gotham. Martha Byrne is back and funnier than ever in the new comedy, Wait. I'm so glad that she's able to be here with us on our new format. Martha, welcome to Crow Call. Thank you for having me. I feel honored to be a part of the first show. I'm happy for you. Exciting. Thank you. Uh, you know, we're, we're still keeping ties. We're, we're not running away from soaps. We still love them. Uh, and I know that the fans are anxious to hear about everyone's new projects. So let's sort of loop into it. You know that Melissa Gilbert is coming up in just a bit. She's going to forever yep. be known as, as Half Pint. I'm wondering for you as an actress who's well known for one particular role, um, you know, do you have any regrets? You know, some, we hear some stars have regrets about being known as one particular character, known for one role more than another. What's your thought as an actress on that? I had the best time of my life. You know, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I think the, the interesting part is after it's over is reinventing yourself and making that effort to do so. That's more of a challenge than the history of it because it was an amazing role, an amazing run, and so I have absolutely no regrets. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to do other projects while I was on the show. I did some TV movies. I did, you know, films. And so I, I kind of kept my hand just luck. Fortunately, I was offered jobs that I could do while I was on the show. And I did my music thing. And I kind of, like... It was a nice, I had a lovely job, and it was amazing. So, I, no, I, I don't regret anything. And with that, of course, you know, you have become an expert on all of the ins and outs of daytime. So when I started the SoapCentral.com website 20 years ago, there were something like 12 or 13 soaps on the air. Wow. We're, we're down to four at the moment. What are your thoughts on the state of the soap industry as we end 2014 and go into 2015? Oh, how much time do you have? I mean, it's like, <laughs> this is like one of those things where it's ever-evolving daytime. And I think trying new things, and I think the remaining shows have had their ups and downs and struggled and, and had their successes and uh, high points, low points. And I, I think everyone's just trying to figure out what to do to stay alive. And that being said, there are things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And look, you know, we're all just trying to get ahead and what's the state of the future? Who knows? I, I think that um, you have to evolve. You know, you have to evolve with what's going on in the, in the industry and I think on um, the Beautiful, they've done some digital material. I think it's very smart. Um, I think there's, General Hospital has brought on some incredible actors from other daytime dramas to uh, you know, put some amazing life into with more or less. I mean, come on. There's nobody better. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's just amazing. So, so that kind of energy being infused into the shows with good story, doesn't it always come back to good story? You got the actors. You got the talent. You know, it's, it's the story that has to um, remain crisp and new and evolve. And that's not always easy for shows that have been on for decades. With that sometimes evolution. Something happens. You know, something that, sometimes the magic happens. It's like, wait a minute, we can do this, and it leads to a million other things. And Hogan Shepard was, you know, pretty much a genius at that. He would start yeah. plant a seed and it grew into stories for everybody, which is not, not easy to do when you have that big of a cast. You know, it's not easy to do that when you have something that is uh, familiar to a lot of people in one particular format. I'm, I'm finding that out with the show. But in general, you know, things need to evolve. We're at a point now, Martha, where the idea of watching things online is no longer a foreign concept to people. Right. But, 
we're not at the point yet where it's first nature to everyone. What do you think is going to be the tipping point where we finally go from uh, you know, being stuck to televisions to where no one is watching television and they're watching everything digitally online? I think you just said it. CBS is coming out with the app now. You know, HBO is coming out with an app where people can watch their shows. And NBC has had, for a long time, had the ways to watch it on your iPad, et cetera, and Hulu and, you know, streaming shows. But that's what's happening. I think, you know, Les Moonves obviously decided that that was the next step for CBS. And that's very smart because you can add extra content. You can do behind the scenes. You can do... There's so many things you can do digitally because I watch my shows on my phone. I don't. Really? I really don't watch any way, any other way. My life is just doesn't. It doesn't isn't conducive to sitting and watching, unless I'm literally. It's funny because I watch CBS and I watch Young and the Restless and I'll be cleaning my kitchen or folding my laundry or like the old days. And I'm thinking, I wonder how many of us still watch that way or. I'll flip around a days or GH or if I'm doing something in my kitchen and that's the kind of the old way to do it but they're still out there people are still doing it and they're DVRing it possibly but there has to be a million options now you can't just be like well it's just on television there has to be a million different ways to access, uh, you know, access the, the audience and well, now we live tweet we live tweet now when shows are on I think maybe is that the way right. that they're, they're keeping us glued to the television by having live tweet sessions I don't know about that because then you have the West Coast and then they're not, they're seeing, they're kind of getting, you know, there's, there's information that they know already before it gets there. So there's a fine line between that being interactive and a spoiler for people that are on the other coast who are like, wait a minute, I, I got three hours to wait to watch this show. So I'd be curious to see the ratings between the East Coast, West Coast. Like what, we used to get those back, I remember when I was a little turned, I don't know, I remember this, but we'd have like, they'd have paper up on the wall, like, okay. In California, it was this, and then Wisconsin, it was that, and it's just kind of fascinating to see where the heaviest viewership was for our show back in the day. So, um, back in the day. <laughs> it really, really is back in the day. It's becoming more back in the day. When I posted a picture uh. of Brian Bloom on my Facebook page, I thought, Brian Bloom, this coming March, I will have worked since 30 years ago. That's insane. That's insane. I'm 43, 45 in, in December, and like, 30 years ago, and I put that picture up on Facebook with Brian Bloom. It was the most reached picture I've ever put on my Facebook page, which blew me away. I mean, it's been 30 years, and that just shows you the fans are still there, and they still love that story, and it, it touched people in some way. It affected people, so it's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. You know, the Internet is certainly, it brings so many people together, which is why it's fun to be able to talk about projects that people are creating and, and that we can mm-hmm. find on the Internet. Let's talk about Wait, the series. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the title sort of gives a little bit away, but what is Wait all about? Wait is about a, a, a woman named Claire, I think Claire, who has lost 100 pounds on a reality show and now comes back into her life, her real life, and things are not what she expected it to be at all. Her husband kind of doesn't quite know what to do with the body, and the kids are kind of like, who are you? You look like Barbie. And like, But it's a comedy. It's definitely a dramedy. I think it has that feel of like parenthood, you know, in that vein of humor. Um, it's, a, it's, just, it's just beautifully written by Darren Strauss. The words on the page were amazing. And then Fred Keller, who was one of the executive producers of Blue Bloods and House and 24, he, and I worked with him on Crisis, he directed it, the pilot. And everything kind of came together. But it's a, it's a, it makes people laugh, which is so amazing to me. And it brings me joy to be able to do funny and people think that I'm funny. And it's just the hard, it's probably the hardest thing to do is to make people laugh. You know, and, and on TV, you know, on, well, I say TV in quotes, which means everything, you know, every, every, every uh, online, whatever medium it is, to make people laugh is really hard. And the response has been amazing, and um, it's, uh, it has a very bright future, um, which is pretty much all I can say right now, but we're really excited. Darren and I are really excited what's happening with the show. And I think the biggest thing I take away from it is that don't give up, you know, here, here we are, 
doing this pilot, getting it together. The fans donated the money for, you know, we did it for crowdfunding. And now it has this life that wouldn't exist without the fans, without the support, without all the pieces coming together. And I think my biggest message from it is, and I know a lot of people working at independent projects and trying to get their stuff out there, and like, don't ever give up because this is like the perfect example of, you know, put it together, give it all your passion, and maybe something will really will have a life. That being said, I think the one thing I have really recognized is that, look, we can all have a script, we can put our friends in it, but if it ain't good, it ain't good. You know, like, okay, we're doing it for ourselves, that's great, but if you want it to have a future, you have to start working with people who have better or are more knowledgeable than you, or better writers than you, better actors, directors, <laughs> that, that will help you take it to another level of, to give it that future. And I think that's the biggest thing I've taken away from it, like, I'm really fortunate that Darren gave me this opportunity to play this part because if, I, if it was a primetime show on NBC, and I, I wouldn't even get an audition for it, you see? So the fact that we're kind of these, this little engine that could and Darren saw something in me that she felt was right for this role, it's just very fortunate. It just all came together, you know? So I don't know. It's, I, just, I just encourage people to, to continue their work and fine-tune it and... And keep working hard at it. And I don't know. It sounds so cliche, but it's like, don't give up. Because there's been so many times that I've been knocked down in the last couple of years and discouraged and not wanted and turned away. And this kind of changed everything, you know. Um, so that's all. I just think it's an amazing project. I'm really proud of it. Well, I have to say, we always want you here, and you know, Thank particularly you. the audience will want more and more of you. Uh, Martha, what's your favorite number? Ten. So, what do you say we have the tenth caller who calls in? We give him a five hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Woo! That sounds great. The I number is eight six six. Four seven two five seven eight eight. Caller number ten will be the winner. We are going to continue talking to Martha for just a few moments while you guys call in. Uh, but Martha, one of the things that I often think about is in this era of we want everything supersized, including you know supersized mm-hmm. gift cards. But then we grumble when our wastes are supersized. Where's the balance? How do we uh, do the balance between wanting everything that we want and then? not getting the, you know, negative side effects of all the things we want. Are you talking about food-wise? That, that, uh, that, that well, power yeah, show? I mean, I, I guess it could probably <laughs> apply to everything, but... Everything? Uh, it, yeah. Uh, discipline, you know, sacrifice, um, eye on the prize. Like, you know, I try to teach my kids that, look, they've had pretty much... Every, they're so blessed, you know. They've had, there's really nothing they haven't had. And, and it's like, they have to understand that that's not reality. You know, I... I, I I feel like appreciating, God, it sounds so cliche, but appreciating the, the little things in life, you know, I, 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 I always have. And I think, yes, do I want a piece of cake, but do I want this, do I want that? And I go, you know what, what's worth, is it worth it? Is it worth me feeling like, oh, okay, now i got to work that off, you know? It's, it's, it's kind of tunnel vision of what you want in life and how you manifest success is, sacrificing a lot of things that you want. I go to my kids, kids, wants and needs. You want it or do you need it now? <laughs> you know, at this point in my life, you know, mommy's not on the soap opera anymore, okay? So you can't, you can't just go, here's the credit card. It's like, do you need it or do you want it? And most of the time they're like, well, I really want it. I don't really need it. But I think that's life. I think you have to separate what's important and what you need to get by and make you happy. Um, I need very little to make me happy. I've had a lot, and I've been blessed, but I have to say I have given back a lot to the world in charity work and this and that, and I always recognize, and I think it's a parent thing, that you, you have to give back when you have. If someone's struggling, you help them. Don't expect it back because it doesn't mean it's going to come back, but do it unselfishly. And I think that's the, the core to happiness is that, Listen, someone might turn their back on you down the road or they may not be there for you when you need them. Well, then they're not meant to be in your life. Just, 
just stick with the people who are there for you uh, it, when things aren't so good, when things are a little sad, or my dad died last year, it was terrible. And when that happened, it's like, well, my dad's dead, which is really awful. And if I can't appreciate what I've had, had with him, I enjoyed every moment, every laugh, every joke, every, every meal, you know. And thank God I did that. I'm really, I'm really happy that I was able to appreciate that. And I think that's a lesson for everybody. You just, you never know when they're gonna, someone's going to be taken away from you. And who cares about anything else other than joy and, and quality of, of life with your loved ones, you know. But the piece of chocolate cake, it doesn't suck. You know? <laughs> it doesn't def- suck. Definitely agree with that. Unfortunately, Martha, we're out of time yes. for this segment. So quick, give so everybody nice the, the information of where they can find, find you and where they can find out about weight. Okay, go to waitthesearies.com for some info. Go to Martha Byrne fan page on Facebook, and I'm Martha Byrne 10 on Twitter. So follow me. Thanks again for your support. You're awesome. Thank you for being here today, Martha. We're going to be back after a quick break with Melissa Gilbert. Everybody stay tuned. Crow Call will be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. When you hear that theme music, you can't help but think of my next guest. For nine seasons, Melissa Gilbert appeared as Laura Ingalls on the classic television series Little House on the Prairie. Melissa has turned many of her memories from her Little House years into an amazing cookbook that I have in front of me called My Prairie Cookbook, Memories and Frontier Food from My Little House to Yours. She's here with us today to talk about the cookbook and a very exciting new project. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's get this out of the way because, you know, invariably when you've done interview after interview after interview, what is the question that you're asked the most often about Little House on the Prairie? Um, uh, well, hands down, it's the, the question of, well, you know, what was Michael Landon really like? And that, that, that one happens a lot, and that's a really long answer, but I can condense it for you if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> He was amazing. He was he was a mentor to me. He was a, a surrogate father to me. He was um, a coworker. He was our leader. He was funny. He was kind. He was brilliant. Obviously, at what he did. If if he hadn't been his, his he would not have the longest track record in the t- history of television. And um, he knew, you know, brilliantly how to deliver exactly what the audience wanted. And I think that's why Little House on the Prairie is still on 40 years later all the time, all over the world. And you've dedicated the book to him. Yes, yes, I did. Well, actually, I dedicated the book to my husband, but then there's also a dedication to Michael, and then there's a, a chapter on him called My Pa. And, you know, I can't, I can't possibly even begin to think about Little House on the Prairie without thinking of him. As much as I thought I knew about Little House on the Prairie, there is something, Melissa, that I learned in reading the book. You, probably a lot of people will already know this, but that there's a term, an affectionate term for the diehard fans of Little House on the Prairie, and they are called, what are they called? They're called bonnet heads. I didn't and, know and this. That, 
<laughs> well, and they named themselves that. I didn't know that, that that was even a thing. I mean, that's not something we came up with while we were doing the show or after. It's something the fans told me about later. Well, I don't feel so bad, then. If I didn't know or if you didn't know about it, then certainly I should know. Uh, but it got me thinking, and I want to put you to the test a little bit. There are uh, Jimmy Buffett fans are called Parrot Heads. The Grateful Dead are called Dead Heads. We know the Bonnet Heads. Can we think of any other name? I mean, that's an exclusive group. Uh, yeah, Deadheads? I've got that one. I thought of those. This is the only the only three that I can really think of. So I mean, that's that's kind of good company. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 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 thrilled. And you know, actually, I I also learned that a bonnet head is a, a type of shark. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll let everyone infer from that. I'm not sure what the, if there's a a correlation or not, but it's an interesting. Uh, they can go and Google it and look at the pictures. I'm sure. So something else that surprised me, you know. I am of a certain age, and my mother will still call me Danny. It drives me slightly nuts. It's like, Mom, it's Dan. Uh, however, I was thinking when I was going to talk to you, I wonder if Melissa still responds to Half Pint. Then I got the cookbook and saw, you know, not only do you respond to it, you still embrace it. Why is that? Well, you know, it was... <clears throat> There actually are just a few people, very small group of people who worked on Little House on the Prairie that still call me half pint, and and I will actually answer to it. Um, <clears throat> it you know, it's just a huge part of my life, and that was my nickname on the set. That's the nickname of my production company, and it's um, it's something I embrace because it's something that's part of who I am and was you know a major major uh, part of my life and the beginning of, of what's been a, a very long and, and fruitful and blessed career. So, you know, I running away from the name Half Pint, and it, it's actually not a, a terrible nickname, you know. It's, it's, it could be worse. So I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. I think, you know, it's one of those things that we embrace where we come from, and that leads me to something that you wrote in the book in the introduction that I, I was – really spoke to me. It said that fans of the show tell me how Little House made them strive for all that really matters in life. Family, love, community, faith, respect, and tolerance. I think that's so important, and I wonder, in writing that, do you find often that you think that maybe we've lost sight of some of that? Um, I, I think, you know, God, the world today is, is changed so drastically and is changing so fast all the time. You know, when now we have this this connectivity, which I think is a double-edged sword, you know, we're, we're able to communicate with one another and we're able to gather important information. And, but I think also that connectivity has caused us to have distance. And I think people, you know, can, it's very easy for them to sit at home and, and, and say really horrible things to one another that they would never say to people faces. So I think that, you know, and, and the political climate certainly in this country has gotten very vitriolic and, you know, people are very quick to, um, to jump on each other and, and say some, some really horrible things. But, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, I think, um, and I think I even said this in the introduction, you know, it's very easy to be hard and angry and cold and distant and isolated. It's very difficult to be open and generous and kind and loving. And, but I think that's really what our nature is. And I think that's why Little House on the Prairie endures is because people really ultimately want that in their lives. And I think it's also important, part of that, with the ability to reach out to people on the computer and, and not really be in front of anyone, that's why it's really important now to have these family dinners. I think that the cookbook provides that to bring people together, whether they're you know, uh, living under the same house or neighbors or friends or whatever it is, to sort of have that uh, quiet time, to have that gathering time. It's, it's, it's still very important. Yeah, well, that, those connections are, are key. You know, I I, um, I raised four boys, and everybody was always going in four different directions, or five or six, depending upon how many people were around at the time. And, you know, there was, there was homework, there was after-school activities, and then there was video games, and then there was, you know, whatever. And I always felt that it was really important for us to sit down and, and at least spend 
you know, an hour or so together a few times a week and just connect as a family. And I think, you know, I did that with my friends too. We had huge weekend dinners with all of our children and we would cook and, and hang out together and play games. And those things are really important. And if, you know, a family sits down to a meal that they gleaned from my cookbook just once, then I've done more than I could even have imagined doing. I mean, that, that, that's really, really important. Now, if it weren't for this connectivity that we have, I would not know this next little factoid. And I sort of feel bad. We're going to be talking about fried chicken and baked ham and carrot cake and all that good stuff. But I found out on Twitter, you're in the middle of a juice cleanse. So I feel... Tor- torture. Torture. I feel torture. bad about that. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard too because yesterday, the last few days, I had to sign a bunch of books that are being distributed all over the place. I, I signed 592 books, and it, every time I would turn a page and see a picture. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we're gonna make the the torture go on a little bit longer. I guess if that's all right. No, I'm here. I can take it. Bring it on. Let's talk about food. So. Our resident cook, Lindsay Wells, she is the kitchen witch. She had the opportunity to make your famous fried chicken. It's called General Gilbert's California Fried Chicken. And not only was it easy to make, as it seems all of these recipes are, they are extremely tasty. So, where do, I mean, have you amassed all of these recipes over, over a lifetime? Did you make some of them up on the, on the spot? What's the story of putting these recipes together? Um, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them have sort of evolved over many, many years. I, I started cooking a bit when I was a girl, I, just because I, it interested me and I, I wanted to give it a try. And then, you know, I hit my, I call them my college years, but, you know, in my late teens into my early 20s, I was running around a lot and spending a lot of time in restaurants. And then I had my first child and I started cooking in earnest. And I... You know, there are foods that I, of course, adore, fried chicken being one of them. And so it took me several years to sort of parse other fried chicken recipes and start to create my own fried chicken recipe. And this is the recipe that evolved. And it's actually sort of the cornerstone of the book. This is the one recipe that all of my friends have asked for. And I actually have friends who request that I make it for them for special occasions. Um, My husband and I are in Wilmington, North Carolina, working on a series, which we'll talk about later. And our friend Ken Olin was here for his 60th birthday. And we asked him what he wanted, and he said, uh, Melissa's fried chicken. (laughs) And so that, that, uh, that, you know, is something that's, that's very important. And, 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 and like I said, the cornerstone of the book. The other recipes, a couple of them are, are from friends. Uh, one's from my mom. Um, and then the rest are just things that I sort of developed, adding a pinch here, a dash there. There were some failures over the years, but developed these recipes to be kind of foolproof. And I knew that these were things that my family would eat. Um, and that they really liked. And, you know, it, that, that, that's hard. I mean, the, the boys all went through different phases. One of them would not eat tomatoes. One of them never ate anything green. One of them only wanted to eat meat. So I would have to try and find ways to sort of create things that they, they really loved. Then the tuna noodle casserole came out of that. You know, tuna noodle casserole is, is a, kind of a standard home casserole hot dish thing to do. Most people do it with uh, cream of mushroom soup and fried onions, and I decided to try and make one from scratch. And it, it took a while, but that's the recipe that's in there. All these recipes are, are whole. You know, there's no, there's no margarine. There's no imitation sugars. They're, they're um, very clean, very whole recipes. That's, that's the way I like to eat. When I'm not on a juice cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just everyone else that went through some phases where they didn't want this or didn't want that. You have uh, sort of a, something that you do that I do as well. You don't like to have added peanuts or walnuts or things in your recipes. I, I know why I don't because I'm a little off, but why don't you like walnuts and things like that in your recipes? I don't like, I don't like nuts in food. I'm not a big fan of, of nuts in food. That's just my thing. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll eat a handful of almonds. I'll eat, I'll eat 
uh, actually I'll, I'll throw, you know, toasted walnuts in a salad sometimes, but I don't like them in my cookies. I don't like them in my, you know, date breads. I don't like them in my banana breads, but there, everyone has the option. That's the other thing about this book is, you know, I, I wrote it the way I cook, but people can add things in that they want to. They can change recipes if they want to. They can make them gluten-free if they want to. Um, there, there's a lot of room for that's That's what I did with recipes over the years is I morphed them into things that I liked. But I'm just not a fan of nuts and food. That's it. Yeah, kind of not either. And, and when you mentioned the way that you cook, it also, I think I read in here, you're more of an eyeballer of not necessarily exact amounts. So how do you go from that to doing exact amounts in a cookbook? That's called a recipe developer and a lot of testing, which would explain the juice fast plan on now. Okay, so it all comes full circle. Well, with that, we've sort of teased it a couple of times now. Uh, the cookbook is very exciting, and everyone should run out and get a copy. It's not uh, only available in, in hardcover, which I have in front of me, but you can get a Kindle version, so you don't have to worry about slopping up pages, I guess. But you are returning to primetime television, which is going to make so many people very excited. What can you tell us about the new primetime series? Uh, I'm working on a series for ABC called Secrets and Lies. Um, it will air sometime in the spring. Um, I have a recurring role. It's a, um, it's a whodunit murder mystery. In the, it's an only 10-episode special event series. And in the opening episode, it's very not Little House on the prairie by the way. In the opening episode, um, a child in a neighborhood in uh, uh, Charlotte is found murdered. And it's about the effect of that murder on the neighborhood. And the uh, leading actor, um, played by Ryan Phillippe, is accused of the murder. Juliet Lewis plays the detective. And he sets about trying to prove it wasn't him by trying to prove each one of us in the neighborhood is guilty. So at some point, everybody becomes a suspect, including me and my children. It's dark. It's, it's I think, uh, it, it's looking really, really good. I get you know, a little more access than the rest of the actors because I happen to be married to the executive producer director. <laughs> so has its um, benefits. That, that kind of is, yes, it does have its benefits. And um, we're having such a great time. I am having so much fun working with my husband. I, I never imagined, you know, that it could be like this. And it's just, it's dreaming. It's just fantastic. And, and he's an amazing director. He's one of the best directors I've ever worked with. I think what's going to be fun for fans, too, is knowing that it's a 10-episode special event, there is a defined beginning, middle, and end to this. So, you know, there's, there's a, a definite ride that they're going to be prepared to go on. Yes, and the end is, is there's a lot of twists, so you don't really know what's coming, and the end is, is, uh, is stunning, to say the least. I mean, it's, it's, it's unexpected and, and, and very, very shocking. I, when I read... Uh, what the, the the end of it was, I turned to Tim and said, are you kidding me? <laughs> no way! Uh, well, you're, you're not supposed to read ahead. Uh, that you know, but everyone does with their books. So uh, everyone that is listening can go on. We're going to share a link to a, a little five-minute teaser of a trailer that has been put together by ABC so they can check it out. Now, Melissa's not in it that I saw, but that doesn't mean that you don't want to tune in and check it out in its entirety. But, Melissa, I have uh, somewhat of a gift for you since you were so gracious, yeah. so gracious with your time to come on here. We are. Your book has inspired some of us here. We're going to do something that we're calling the Bonnet Head Supper Club. We're going to all make one recipe from your cookbook, and we're going to get together so that not everybody has to do all of the cooking, and we're going to sit down and watch you know, an episode or two of Little House and really go back to sort of what you're talking about in the book, getting together the uh, family, the kinship, the good food. And, and I think that if others do that, we could have a little bit of a of – a, uh, some sort of viral sensation going on here. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. I actually I actually got a tweet from a woman who said that she's going to do a weekly um, My Prairie Cookbook uh, night with friends and family. So uh, that, that makes me so happy. I love that. I hope you guys have a blast and eat some really yummy. Yeah, the food will, I, I can tell you, the food will be delicious. 
Um, it, it looks, I mean, there's nothing in here, even the stuff that has vegetables, and I'm not a vegetable person. They all sound good. I'll probably start with the desserts, if that's all right with you, and work my way. That's fine. <laughs> that's, that's totally fine. I'm not a dessert person, but there are some that I make, and I will tell you, if you're going to start with one, start with the banana pudding. Done. And if you're going to eat a vegetable, I, and you have to trust me on this, I, I actually got my kids to eat this vegetable this way. The Brussels sprouts recipe is fantastic. You know this is a big step for me agreeing to eat a vegetable, right? <laughs> I know. But, you know, there's a little bit of breadcrumbs and there's some garlic and lemon and a little butter, so it's not entirely heinous. I am looking. Page 146, for those of you who are out there following along. Although on the next page, there are some Asian glazed carrots, which I think would be easy. Melissa, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to talk about all of your projects, the cookbook, and, of course, Secrets and Lies. And hopefully, uh, as you do more and more, we'll be able to have you back on the show to talk more with us. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much, Dan. If you would like to keep up with Melissa Gilbert, follow her on Twitter at Melissa E. Gilbert or visit her website at melissa-gilbert.com. We have all the information you need to know to order your copy of her cookbook, My Prairie Cookbook, on our website at crollcall.com or on Twitter. Follow us at crollcallshow. That is going to put the finishing touches on this week's premiere episode of Crawl Call. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. Uh, my thanks to our guests, Lorianne Marchese, Martha Byrne, Melissa Gilbert. For more information about any of the topics that we discussed today, including links and ordering information, please visit our website. Again, it's crawlcall.com or follow us on Twitter at crawlcallshow. Next week, we're celebrating 50 years of Bewitched with some surprise guests. We'll also talk to three-time breast cancer survivor Suzanne Wong. She'll tell us about a dust-up that she had with Facebook over a photo of her surgery. And we'll have some tasty Halloween snacks for you that you can make easily before trick-or-treat and before your Halloween parties. That's Friday, October 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for joining us for the premiere of Kroll Call. I hope that you'll be back every week. Hope that you'll be back next week to start it off. Until then, though, I'm Dan Kroll signing off. Let's play some of that outgoing happy dance music. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 